The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Seven minutes after seven o'clock, Monday, start of another work week, and we are ready to go. We hope you are as well. John Pink is handling all the heavy lifting tonight on the show. And to call in, phone lines open, ready for you. You have questions about uh, your job, workplace rights, severance, COVID-19, temporary layoffs, all that stuff. You want to uh, you want to bring it on. Where does your job stand now that these schools are going to remain closed and you might have kids at home? And uh, that's become a bit of a logistic nightmare for you. Bring those questions. That's what we uh, that's what we want here. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Again, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Live show right till around ten minutes to eight o'clock. So let's get at her. The topics for tonight as well as we get through the phone calls in between. We'll try to get some emails as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And everything you need to know about medical leaves, that will be coming up in between. But as uh, as I just mentioned, your phone calls are the top priority every week. So bring them on. We'll get to those uh, as soon as we can. So grab a phone. John, how are you, pal? Good evening. I'm good. I'm good. And I, I hope all our listeners are, are doing okay, including uh, all the parents out there dealing with the uh, school closures and uh, all the stress around the uh, escalating covid cases so it's a it's a tough time but uh you and I are, are are very fortunate to be able to do what we do right now and and do so remotely and uh it's uh, it's tough out there yep it really is so what do you got going for the other week that was my brother well i've got uh, two situations to to talk about um the first situation uh involved uh, a manager who worked for a company for uh, 10 years and has been on a temporary layoff since uh, last September. Uh, this is someone who'd been placed on a layoff despite the fact that the company is still operating with the majority of its staff, including almost uh, all of his subordinates. So the company, of course, simply cited COVID, as companies will do right now, uh, and told this person they were being placed on infectious disease emergency leave. Mm-hmm. About two weeks ago, the company approaches this person and says, okay, here's the thing. We're not going to be able to offer you your manager position back, but we'll give you a choice. We can either hire you back on a part-time basis, earning about half what you used to, or we can employ you as a staff member, in other words, the same as his subordinates, and you'll report directly to the president like everyone else does now. Now, this, of course, comes with a precipitous drop in your pay as well. Oh. And as you can imagine, uh, this person was not terribly interested in either of those uh, options. So he says, look, I'm not willing to accept either of those positions. So they said, okay, fine. Well, then your layoff will continue indefinitely. And it's at that point that he comes to me. And he says, well, what can I do about this? And what I said to him is, the fact of the matter here is that you've never agreed to temporary layoffs, as you know, as him and I had discussed, uh, and he'd never been laid off before. He's being offered these positions that are not remotely comparable to what he had, and the company, company is really just engaging in, co- in cost-cutting, right? That's what this is. So what I told him, this is a situation where if you want to claim a constructive dismissal and seek your full compensation, this would be the time to do it. And, you know, what about that regulation and the Employment Standards Act that, are, that yeah. people are talking about that says temporary layoffs are not temporary layoffs anymore? Well, the answer to that, as far as we know and as far as the law is concerned at this point, is that impacts minimum entitlements only, not your full entitlements. So we're going to be working to get this individual his full severance entitlements, which could be as much as one year's pay. 
416-870-6400. That is the number to call in and, uh, yeah, have your say. Ask your questions. John is uh, ready to answer them. What, uh, what else you got going on, brother? Yeah, so the second situation involved uh, another uh, another manager, actually, this one working for a large software company. Uh, recently, she was forced to take a medical leave for some fairly serious uh, anxiety and other psychological issues uh, and was forced to go on a short-term disability and receive, you know, short-term disability benefits through the company's uh, internal program. Well, a few weeks ago, she applied for long-term disability uh, and was denied and basically was told, you know, you don't meet the uh, definition of disability. And as anyone who listens to Disability Law Show will know that this is this is a very common response yep. from an insurer. Uh, so at that point, she submitted an, another doctor's note to her employer saying, look, despite this, she still actually has to remain off work. She's working on her recovery. She's going to need a few months. And in response, the company says, no, well, you're not entitled to long-term disability, so you're to return one week from now, and that's not an option. And, and she's pleading with them, look, my doctor still does not believe I am in a position to return to work. I have some real serious issues. I'm working through them with medication, with therapy. I need more time. I need at least a few more months. And again, the employer says, no, you're back to work on Monday or you've abandoned your job. Wow. And that's when she came to us. And what I told her is, look, at the end of the day, your health comes first. I always say this to clients. I don't care what your employer is saying. You cannot be asked to go against the recommendations of a qualified health professional. And if you have a doctor's note saying you're not in a position to be able to return to work or, or to work remotely or as the case may be, and you send that doctor's note to your employer, that is not abandonment, period. So Monday rolls around. She sends the doctor's note again, reiterates that she needs a few months to recover still. And what does the employer do? Immediately tells her she's abandoned her job. You didn't return to work. You didn't attend. As we told you, this was going to be uh, abandonment. They issue a record of employment saying that she quit. Big mistake. This employee is now going to be entitled not only to severance, but some serious human rights damages for discrimination on the basis of disability. So to our listeners, uh, and, and whether you're an employee or an employer, remember it is the doctor that calls the shots when it comes to the health of an employee, not an employer. And that's a good thing you mentioned right there. I mean, if you're an employer catching this story, I mean, before you pull the trigger, give John a call and say, should I be doing this or how else do I go about handling this sucker? Because it could be, end up being a really costly mistake, um, to your point for sure. Uh, 416-870-6400, that is the number to call through. You have questions tonight, bring it on. We are live. We're ready to handle them, whether it's about COVID-19 or a simple workplace issue. And uh, we'd love to get to it. Okay, everything you need to know about medical leaves because this is a uh, very gray area for a lot of our listeners. They just don't know how to handle this. You know, looking back to your uh, your past email right there and your situation, how long can someone be away from work for medical reasons? I know this uh, this this client you said was looking at a couple months, but what's is there a threshold? You know, there there isn't a threshold because when you have an illness, an illness doesn't necessarily operate. Um, it, by you know a certain threshold in your disability policy or a certain right. threshold in the Employment Standards Act. Now it is true, and you will see this if you look it up, or you know perhaps if you ask your employer that the Employment Standards Act says you have an entitlement to three sick days per year. Mm-hmm. Now that does not mean that you are entitled to be sick for only three days <sighs> per year, right? Of course, that makes no sense. And this is this is actually one of my criticisms of this provision, that it, it really is a meaningless provision. Yeah. It is completely meaningless because human rights, the Human Rights Code 
applies to disability. Disability is defined very broadly, includes visible and invisible disabilities, includes psychological, physical, environmental, uh, you know, particularly in COVID, in the current environment of COVID-19, particularly in this very severe COVID-19 environment that we are currently in. If you are feeling sick and you need to stay home, stay home. If you're feeling sick and you cannot work, don't work. If you're able to work remotely uh, through uh, through Zoom, do that. Um, if you're able to get a doctor's note, do it, and you can do it through Zoom or over the phone or through an app like Teladoc, uh, do that. Um, your right to a medical leave is not based on you know three days that it says in the Employment Standards Act. Right. It's not based on the term in your uh, short-term or long-term disability policy. It's the time that you are able safely to medically return to work as determined by your doctor. And there is no set amount of time that that's going to be. 416-870-6400 to call in with your questions relating to that or whatever topic of your choosing when it comes to employment law. Bring it on. We're here to answer them on this Monday night, 715, still nice and early. Does an employer have the right to ask an employee for their medical information like diagnosis? Right. Well, yes, they do. And one thing that I really, really want to stress to any listener who is an employee is there's a duty to accommodate. There is also a duty to cooperate, right? And they go hand in hand. This is a two-way street. So while you do have a right to say, I'm going to be on a medical leave, I'm not going to be able to work for this period of time, here's a doctor's note, you you can't simply say that and then just expect your employer to do whatever uh, it is that you want um, and not respond to the inquiries that they're making in the meantime. So are they allowed to ask for medical information? Yes, they're entitled to look for the prognosis, not necessarily the diagnosis, but they are entitled to ask for a functional abilities form, a cognitive evaluation form, to get information about the nature of your restrictions that you may have. And, and actually, there can be quite a bit of detail. What accommodations necessary? How long are you expected to be off? When are you next going to be assessed? That's the kind of information that the employer is entitled to have. And in rare cases, John, I should say, because I always mention this, uh, because employees should be aware of this, and this is shocking to some employees, but it is true, an employer may have the right, in certain circumstances, to request an independent medical examination. In other words, Mm -hmm. an employer can say, your doctor is suspect, here are the reasons why we find the suspect, we're going to ask you to go to an independent medical examiner. Uh, And this can happen, for example, if there's conflicting medical information. Now, this is going to be the exception more than the rule. And thankfully, uh, we don't have a lot of employers who feel the need uh, to ask for an independent medical examination. I certainly hope that 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 has uh, been at historic lows in this environment, though I can't can't say uh, because I don't know that. But if your employer is asking you for an independent medical examination, you really want to speak to an employment lawyer at that time if that's not you're something that you're comfortable doing. Yeah, the IME, it's uh, the, the word independence used completely loosely when it comes to that, yes. especially with your insurer, since they're paying for it. That's right. Raises some questions. Yes, <laughs> I mean? it, 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 it does. And, and that's why, you know, I say, yeah, uh, it, it, can, it can be very shocking to an employee say, wait a minute, I have to go to my employer's doctor. My doctor's mm-hmm. um, not good enough anymore. And, and thankfully, again, this is a very, certainly in the employment context, perhaps less in the disability context, but in the employment context, this actually is pretty rare uh, to happen. 
We'll take a short break and uh, get mounted up for some phone calls. Grab a phone and give us a call. We'd love to hear from you with your questions. You may be asking something that thousands of other people are wondering as well. So bring it on, 416-870-6400. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. We'll continue Employment Law Show on a Monday night right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. And welcome back. It is a 721. Good to have you along. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Lines are open. We have uh, employment law questions, maybe temporary layoff questions. You're looking at week number 55 of doing this with COVID-19 and Maybe you've got some issues in that regard. Reach out, call, ask, and uh, get the questions answered. John Pincus is here doing all that. 416-870-6400. You want to uh, send an email along. We'll try to get some of those before the end of the night. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And, of course, the website you can always use. In fact, you should refer to that even before the phone call to John at the office, and that, or his home office now. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is where you want to go. Okay, everything you need to know about medical leave, let's get back into this. What happens to a uh, an employee's job while on a medical leave? Do they have to? Do they have to and should they regularly update the employee on their condition? Well, yes. The answer to the second question is yes, absolutely. The employee must and should update their employer as frequently as possible, ideally every few weeks. Certainly, if there's any reference to a date for reassessment from that uh, from that doctor, then as that date for reassessment approaches, and certainly once it passes, you should be providing a new uh, doctor's note to your employer. In terms of what happens to the employee's job, you know, this is where things get uh, tricky for employers. And often I'm, I'm actually advising employers on this issue. You know, what do we do? We have to have someone to do this job while this person's on a medical leave, especially if it's going to be an extended medical leave. Maybe the person runs reception. Maybe the person is a manager and supervises people. Maybe, you know, it's, it's an office where there's a number of professionals and you need someone to take in clients. And what that employer is going to have to do is hire someone um, and uh, to do so potentially on a very temporary basis and be prepared to uh, communicate to that person in the hiring process that it is that, you know, they are just covering a leave, that you do just need them temporarily. And when that person is ready to come back, that job has to be held for that person. Um, so if at the time that the, that you as an employee are coming back and that uh, job no longer is, exists, uh, by the time that you are able to come back, well, then your employer has to search for something that's reasonably comparable. Uh, and if that doesn't exist, they have to tell you what it is they're able to offer you. And if they're not able to offer you anything that is uh, remotely comparable, then your employment may actually be uh, frustrated, it may be over, it may be terminated. And an, an employer uh, may have the right at that point to say, uh, we are uh, terminating your uh, your employment. But if you have not been updating your employer while that process is going on, you actually are putting yourself at risk 
of uh, being accused of uh, abandonment of employment, and you don't want to be in that situation. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot of effort if, you know, depending if you already, they have some sort of knowledge that you're going to be off for an extended time. Every few weeks, just check in, say, hey, hoping to come back, still working on it, uh, just thought I'd say hi, type of thing, right? That's right. And and I should also just make a distinction about two terms that I just kind of <laughs> very, very briefly skimmed over, which is frustration versus termination, right? So if you are sending medical notes again and again and again, and you become ready to come back to work and your employer doesn't have a job for you because you know they've gotten rid of it or there just wasn't something available, well, then your employer is terminating your employment. They may be able to do that under human rights legislation, but they're going to owe you your full severance entitlements. Frustration happens is when you're submitting doctor's notes again and again and again. We're going six months, one year, two years. Now you're on long-term disability benefits and you've been on long-term disability benefits for some time that point, your employment may actually be frustrated, which means it's now become impossible, and now you're not going to be entitled to your full entitlement. You'll be entitled uh, to your minimum entitlement right. only. 416-870-6400 is the number. Quiet night. we got lots of phones, and uh, you want to grab a line, 416-870-6400. Do ask your questions. Take advantage while we are here. Um, what happens to an employee's job while they're on that medical leave? Do they have to, uh, well, not regularly fit in, but can they, can they be replaced if the employer says, you know, I got a job to fill here and you're not going to be here for quite some time? Can they be let go or do they just have to get someone to fill in for them? Well, I like, like I was, um, uh, referring to, I mean, there, there is going to be a, uh, an, a, a, an obligation of the employer to continue their business in the meantime. So generally yeah. speaking, we're looking at, yes, getting a replacement, but most likely, you know, you're just you're you're looking for someone on a temporary basis because if that employer permanently replaces you, that actually could be a human rights violation. That's what I was kind of thinking. You know, the employer says, you know, uh, Jim is gone. I got Sally in here. I like Sally a lot better. She does the job a lot better than he is. Can I just get rid of him because she is so much so much more efficient at this job, or she mm-hmm. or he can't do that. And that happens. <laughs> Employers yeah. do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, but that's not uh, permitted. You cannot no. say, you know what, actually this person happens to be better. Well, now you're disadvantaging that person because of their medical leave. That's a big no-no. Can't do that. So what does someone do if they aren't approved for disability coverage like LTD or their claim is cut off? What's the next step? Well, your first step is to uh, tune into the disability law show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, of course, uh, in, in all seriousness, the first thing you want to do is, of course, Give, uh, you know, give a disability lawyer a call. You know, you can call our office. You can call Savan or, or James or, or one of our uh, lawyers who handle disability matters uh, or Tamar and focus on getting your uh, LTD coverage. Uh, do not return to work if you're not able to return to work. Follow the advice of your doctor. And if you really need those disability benefits, if you're medically unable to work for an extended period of time, that's what you want to focus your attention on. 416-870-6400. That is the way. Tina, you're first up. Good evening. How are you? Hi, good evening. Thanks for taking the call. I was yeah, just listening bet. to your last I was just listening to your last segment and um I understood about the following up with your employer every few weeks and after you have a progress uh, appointment with your doctor or whatever. I'm currently on leave. I work for a very large company that has uh, an insurance company that is managing my leave, and they check in with me every three weeks or four weeks or what have you. Is that good enough, or should I also be touching base with my director? Well, you know what? In that circumstance, they're they're establishing basically a precedent 
of them being the ones to reach out. And if they're doing it every few weeks, I mean, that's basically how frequently uh, I would be expecting you to update them. I think if you have any uncertainty about that, oh, you know, do I need to be contacting them? You could simply ask them the question, look, are you are you needing me to contact you or is it okay for me to just to wait until you contact me, right? There's there's no harm in asking that uh, and making sure, sure you're on the same page. But yeah, I mean, it is, it is normal for an insurance company, especially when they're actively managing uh, the disability benefits internally, because those two things gel together, the disability uh, administrator, if it's internal, wants to make sure you're still eligible for disability benefits. And at the same time, the company wants to think about accommodations, how long are you going to be off, et cetera, et cetera. So typically, the disability specialist at the company is going to be actively managing both those things at the same time. And uh, because they're going to be so active, they'll, they'll actually be the ones initiating those follow-ups, which is very normal. Okay, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Tina. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you for making that phone call. You want to reach out any further to John any other time, you could do so. one 821 5900 But here and now, 416-870-6400. Chris, thank you so much for standing by. Good evening. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, Go so ahead. I'll, I'll try to make my question short, but really um, – I just want to know, like, when a company changes a policy. So my hypothetical question here being, for example, like, I don't, I honestly don't get sick. Like, I haven't had a cold, like, I don't even remember when I was a kid, maybe. And um, there's a reason for that. I have, like, medical records to, to explain that. But my my question is, let's say someone, in my case, who wants to wait, maybe, say, a year to get, you know, the COVID vaccine, right? And I'm, just for the record, I'm not the type to not believe in the, it's obviously a real virus. So if I wanted to wait, can an employer, my question is, can an employer tell me on such and such day we've changed our policies, everybody must, you know, be vaccinated before they enter the facility? And if I chose to, like, wait a little bit longer, can they, like, let me go? This is, uh, Chris, this is a huge hot topic yeah. uh, in yeah. the employment law community, and uh, there's a lot of articles written about this. And, and you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, the, the answer to this um, hasn't really been, um, you know, it hasn't really been firmly established. But I'll tell you what my view on this is. Um, my view is that an employer cannot physically require someone to get a vaccination on pain of dismissal. Uh, an employer can't force you to put something into your body as a term um, of your employment, perhaps with some uh, very uh, limited circumstances like, you know, people who work in EMS and, and, and healthcare and, and, and the like, maybe. But generally speaking, I, I would expect that the uh, option that employers are going to have in that circumstance is to give people a choice, right? If you, if they need you to be working in in an office or in a workplace or you know factory or warehouse, whatever the case may be, and they need you to physically be there, I think employers are going to have an option, going to be able to give the employee an option, say, okay, all right, Chris, we are going to uh, ask everyone who needs to come into the workplace to get a vaccine. Why? Because it's still not safe for people to be around others uh, without a vaccine in our, in our environment, and we need that to mitigate the risk. If you're not willing to get a vaccine, we're not going to fire you, but you're going to have to stay on a leave until it becomes clear that it is safe to have unvaccinated people in the workplace or until, you know, you're you're comfortable getting a vaccine. 
Now, the interesting question that that's going to pose is if people have already been working for some time uh, without, uh, without vaccinations through social distancing and masking and whatnot, can that employer say that it was really necessary to place that employee on leave? So I think there's going to be actually a lot of um, a lot of disputes about this. I think you're going to see a lot of discussion, uh, both in the news and and in the, you know more sort of academic legal circles about what is required here. Uh, but time will tell. That's my prediction of of, of what's going to happen there. Uh, but that's as much as I can say uh, a prediction. Okay, that that sounds like you know like we'll have to kind of wait to see what provision. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the phone call. 416-870-6400. You still got lots of time to make calls like Chris did and Tina before him and everybody else. So uh, so bring it on. 416-870-6400. We're talking about everything you need to know about medical leaves. When the employee is ready, finally ready to return for, uh, to work from a medical leave, what's the process? What do they do? Well, the question here is going to be, does that employee have restrictions uh, and have a need for accommodation or not, right? If you don't have any need for accommodation, you don't have any restrictions in going back to work, you know, if you have lifting, lift, if you have a, a you know, a cognitive uh, problem or a psychological problem, you don't have any issues with, with uh, going back to your regular workload, then it's very simple. You just say, ready to go back to work. Perhaps you give a doctor's note saying, uh, you know, such and such person is clear to go back to work and you're great. Uh, it becomes more complicated is if you have restrictions, right? Then you need to be thinking, and this is very common, but, you know, maybe it, you only start with three days per week. Maybe you start by not working with a certain group of people or a certain person. Uh, and that's when you have to enter the accommodation process. You have to have your doctor say, here are this person's restrictions. This is what he can do. You know, he's just come off of this anxiety leave, so he's going to need to work, um, you know, this many hours per week and can't be right. put, placed in stressful situations, et cetera, et cetera, Right. And then the question is going to become, what can your employer practically do? And the question is going to be, are they offering you reasonable accommodations? And if they're not reasonable accommodations, was it really impossible for that employer to do so? And this, and that can be a uh, can turn into a complex situation pretty quickly. It gets to the point, or it could get to the point of undue, what you call undue hardship if it's something above and beyond what the employer can do, especially a smaller employee, right, or employer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely the size of the employer is going to play a role. You know, are you working for a mom and pop shop or are you looking for a, a large uh, organization? And uh, the example that was given to me once that I always love to use because I think it's it's a great um, analogy is if you if you ask your employer, hey, I need a, a different kind of chair for my office. Well, that's probably not undue hardship. But if you say to your employer, I need you to re- retrofit the entire office um, to make me more comfortable, uh, then that's probably undue hardship because that could threaten the, the financial well-being and viability of the company. Right. 416-870-6400. That is the number welcoming your calls. Anthony, you are up next. Good evening. Hey, good evening, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I'm in the employment business myself. I'm more on the staffing side and often get caught between employee, employer, or job seeker and employer. And I just want to know how how – it's been happening. The reality, it's not seemingly being reported much, but how can employers reasonably force employees back to what is clearly unsafe work conditions given, given the pandemic? So, you know, pick your example, whether it's, you know, teachers as of late who haven't been on the priority list forced to being 
put back in the classroom with kids or your factory worker that, you know, Joe's on the assembly line and he knows the guy next to him is an anti-vaxxer. How does that all play out now? In in uh, very uh, different ways, Anthony, and, and it's a very good question and, and uh, situation that's coming up uh, very often. And, and I'll start by saying that I really do not envy the occupational health and safety inspectors. Uh, I know there there have been uh, quite a few more hired since the pandemic began, from what I remember. Of course. Um, but they are the ones who really call the shots, right? So what happens is if an employee is saying that their work environment is unsafe or they're perceiving it to be unsafe, um, they are basically, they're, they're on a leave of absence. Then they, uh, while they contact the Ministry of Labor, they first have to contact the employer, give the employer an opportunity uh, to fix it. Uh, and if the uh, employee is not satisfied with the employer's response, it's at that point that they take it to the Ministry of Labor, Occupational Health and Safety Division, an inspector will make a decision. That decision's final, right? If the inspector says, yeah, you know what, I know you're not comfortable, but it looks like they're engaging in protocols. This is the best we can do. This is an imperfect uh, solution to a very difficult problem, but it's reasonably safe. That employee has to go back to work, and if the employee doesn't go back to work at that point, that's abandonment. Employees lost their job, and they have no severance. Um, and and a lot of these inspections have come back with just that conclusion that it's that you know what it may not be ideal, uh, but it, it's not putting someone directly in harm's way, and therefore we're not going to uh, make an order here. Does, does a quick follow up? Thank you. Does does the does the uh, employee's job? matter in the sense that whether they need to be uh, physically at, at work or not? I mean, uh, a lot is happening in the you know IT world where um, you know, people are being forced back into work. What they feel is unnecessarily, um, you know, is, is the pandemic and, and that WSIB uh, gray area or situation, do you think, going to have an impact on, on the transition to a lot of roles um, you know, going remote full time or the option for the employee to happen. Do you think that'll be kind of a standard across the board as time goes on? Well, I, I hope it does become a standard that more remote work is permitted. Certainly, we've learned that it is very feasible. It's very practical. But this is a perfect example of the difference between you know what's good management and what's necessarily legal, right? So it may be perfectly legal to insist that employees come back to the workplace with uh, appropriate social distancing and masking, provided that the provincial government has allowed those businesses to remain open, deemed them essential, or uh, or we're in an environment where it's you can be open despite not being essential. But what I would hope is employers think to themselves, well, it may be possible for us to demand employees to go into the workplace, but does that really, really make sense? And increasingly, fortunately, I'm happy to report from what I've been seeing just kind of anecdotally, is that employers are generally making the decision, you know what, we don't need everyone in the office anymore. This remote work thing actually is having quite a bit of benefits. Um, it's resulting in greater productivity. It's resulting in happier employees. Uh, it, it's difficult when employees uh, have children at home, of course, which is a whole different can of worms. But outside of that, a lot of employers, I think, are finding that this is this is the way to go now. But in many cases, you're not going to be able to force employers to do that. Okay. Thank you so much for the clarity and word to the wise for employers out there for the, the war on top talent. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. Going to move on to uh, Estelle. Hi, Estelle. Thank you for hanging on. Good evening. Yeah, good evening, sir. What's going on? What's your question? 
my question is that um, if uh, employee uh, can force the the employer uh, to take the vaccine if they don't want to, and if not, they can fire him. So this is uh, very similar to a question that we got earlier. Uh, if I understand your question, Estelle, it's can an employer force you to get a, a vaccine? Yes. Well, generally speaking, uh, my view of that the answer to that question is no, they cannot uh, force you to get a vaccine, um, save perhaps uh, certain very uh, sensitive environments. Um, but what your employer may be able to do is not permit you to return to the workplace until it's either A, safe for you to return to the workplace um, unvaccinated, or B, un until, you, uh, until you are vaccinated. But at this point, uh, I certainly haven't seen employers um, implementing um, uh, mandatory uh, vaccination uh, policies. Uh, and I don't, I don't expect to see that, especially because one thing that we haven't discussed yet, um, even if a mandatory vaccination policy was deemed reasonable, you would have to have exemptions for both religious objections and for uh, those who are unable to take the vaccine due to a uh, disability health risk. Uh, but, you know, it's contrary to the, the Freedom of Right Legislation Act 19, uh, which um, uh, we are, have the freedom of right. Uh, if we don't want to take the vaccine, uh, they cannot force us or tell us, uh, as you said, uh, stay at home or leave the job or whatever, to use any mandatory, any force. Uh, this is what you're telling me. They, 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 they may will use a force in different way to force me to take the vaccine, which I do not agree. So then it's going to a higher level the level of the freedom of right. Because I heard the Toyota company, they told the employee that if they don't take the vaccine, they're going to be fired, which is against the legislation. Right. Well, I, I think employers are on, on risky ground um, if they're requiring their employees um, to take a vaccine. Uh, yeah, but if you take the vaccine, look, you take the vaccine, you still have to wear the mask, you still have to uh, keep distance, the vaccine right. is not safe. It's not. It's not uh, what I mean. It's not uh, uh, took the course of completely safety. We don't know uh, if it's safe because there was not enough years to test. It's about five years to take to test this the the vaccine to see if it's safe. So for people, they don't want to take the vaccine if they. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, we can keep going, but editorializing about stuff like that, we don't want to get into that on the show. So we're just gonna we're just gonna move on. I want to try to get John in here before the uh, the end of the show. John, how are you, pal? Great. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Good. No worries. You got a couple minutes. What's happening? Okay. So first thing, I've got this resolved. It was more to get a real answer out so everybody can hear. It. My wife had a kidney transplant, so she had her medical time off. Her employer was great about it. Her medical insurer, after her three months, which was what they said was recommended for the heal time, had turned around and said, after the three months, you're cut off. You need to return to work, even though her doctor was saying that she needs more time off because there's other complications. Okay. Uh, was this a um, uh, was this a short-term disability uh, benefit yeah, provider? Yeah, short-term disability benefit supplier and... Her doctor was willing to give her another couple months off because early complications that it should take longer than her employer was good, but it was a 
Right. The medical insurer that's giving the issue, or gave the issue. Now, is the issue here just that uh, the medical insurer is has cut her off, or is there also an issue uh, with you with her employer? Is her employer also demanding that she comes back to work? No, her employer was good and gave her the extra time off. Okay. So the medical insurer cutting her off, saying that we're not paying you anymore for the time off because we being that you are uh, should be medically cleared right now. Right. Well, I'll I'll. Uh, Pass it over to John in a moment to give you the the information uh, to call our uh, our disability lawyers, and we have the uh, the disability law show where uh, uh, James Tamar and, and Savan discuss these issues very frequently. But this is uh, this sounds like a pretty common uh, you know denial unfair denial of disability benefits um, issue where you're definitely going to want to engage the services of a disability lawyer. So I'll let John just give you that number so you know uh, who to call. And that's the way we will wrap it up for this evening. Nicely done, John. Appreciate you as well with all of your phone calls to reach out to John or, as he mentioned, Savannah and the disability side of the firm because they do both. Why? Because there's so much interplay between employment and disability. It's the same number. So easy for you if you want to reach out to that side of the firm as well. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. And to get a hold of John any other time and his crew, simply go to help at employmentlawyer.ca. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. Arlene Bynan coming right back. Lots more On Point is on the way. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.